Welcome in One Nation to another episode of The Hive Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Winger. Today, joined by senior goalkeeper Justin Ennis. Justin, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. So, season just came to a close at the time of recording this. It's the next day after the weekend. I gotta know, what is it like playing in the NCAA tournament? That's an awesome stage for people to just get to, let alone, you know, everything that comes after it. I mean, that's kind of just the goal from the start of the season, I guess. I mean, always our first priority is to go and win the ODAC tournament, and then from there, it's kind of like an honor to go out and play in the NCAAs. It's kind of always something. Growing up, you kind of watch like the March Madness brackets. It's yeah, kind of sure. it's our soccer version of March Madness. So it was it was an, it was it was a great experience. So do you guys call it November Madness? That's the yeah, you know like I, I guess we could. I never thought of anything that we could say about it, but yeah. I guess we could look at it like November. That. So we got to find something that starts with an N. Right. Keep that alliteration. But talking about Odax. Wow, what a run for Odax it was for you guys. Let's start with the quarterfinals, right? I think the big thing when it comes to talking to you right now, you got to play opposite of your brother. That was such a cool moment. Colin checks in, maybe 10, 15 minutes left in the game. Yeah. I was like, wow, the Ennis brothers standing juxtaposed one another on the pitch. What was that like? Uh, it's always fun. I, we got to do it uh, last year for the first time, and then wow. this year we were supposed to play in the regular season, but mm-hmm. COVID messed that up, so it was kind of a bummer that I didn't get to play against him. And then... The draw came out, and we were the two seed. They were the seven seed, so definitely made my parents happy that we were going to play each other. <laughs> but uh, it was always good to get the uh, upper hand on him, too, so it's a little bragging rights. And then in that game, Luke Mega with the hat trick. Can you believe that's just his first in his career? Yeah, when I saw that, I was pretty uh, shocked when I saw that. But then at the same time, he's kind of just consistent, you know, just one, two goals a game. He just does it every game, and... Yeah, but then it was like his first hat trick. It was kind of eye-opening to all of us. And I know it probably hurts you to talk about the offense, but uh, overall part of that's also probably this team is so balanced across the board in the regular season. You know, Brennan was in the mix, Kenny, uh, Luke, uh, Bailey. I mean, there's just a motley of guys you can put in the back of the net. Right. Yeah, and it's, it kind of makes our jobs easier too because we know if we do our job keeping them off the scoreboard at least, we know that we're going to at least get one or two a game with our front line, our midfielder. Sure. So it kind of does take a lot of pressure off of us. So then you guys advance to the semifinals, get to be at home again against Virginia Wesleyan. Another shutout, 3-0 this time around, two goals from Kenny Robles. We'll go ahead and jump to the ODAC championship game. What an awesome atmosphere that was. I mean, you kind of get the advantage playing a crosstown rival. Randolph's 15 minutes away. But have you seen Schellenberger packed like it was that day? That was definitely the first time I've seen something like that, especially kind of having to deal with opposing fans sure. we don't normally have to worry about that on our home field but they definitely did bring a good presence and I think it made it a lot more fun especially when Luke scored kind of going over to that uh, side of the field celebrating and uh kind of just rubbing it in their face a little bit more but <laughs> it would not it was it's fun to play in games like that when I mean Schellenberger always does give us good home fans but then when it kind of just adds on to it especially in a championship sure. game it it made it that much more fun to win especially and Considering that game ended 1-0, it was a different script than I thought we were going to see because for Randolph, you have Evan Blow, leading goal scorer in the conference, Noah Carney right behind him at number two, and then we've already talked about everybody that Lynchburg has. So I'm ready to see shots pounded in the back of the net, left and right. Doesn't play like that. And actually, only twice this year, or excuse me, only four times this year, Evan Blow did not score. Twice against y'all. What is it like seeing him in front of you, and then what can you say about your defense trying to keep him contained? Um, it's kind of just always that thing, knowing that he's coming in to play against us, it kind of just always raises our guys to play even better. I mean, sure. it's, it is, we do take some pride into knowing that we were two of the four games where he didn't score, and I mean, we, we felt like we did a really good job against him, and he only had maybe one or two close chances, and sure. other than that, he kind of was 
out of the game, which when he's not doing much, their team isn't very effective. So mm-hmm. we kind of felt like we did a really good job with that. Oh, yeah, I'd have to agree. And that was such a fun match to watch, especially considering people who aren't soccer fans. I think that was one to point to and be like, hey, it may have been nil-nil, but it was super entertaining to right. watch. And then we ultimately get to overtime, the handball call inside the 18. Luke gets the PK, and I've asked you this already, but I'd love to know what was going through your mind, and was there any doubt that Luke was converting there? Nah, no doubt. I mean, he's so composed on the ball. When, when, it's, when it's going to come to an end, he's going to tuck it away, end the game, and... I mean, we all kind of felt bad for the guy that got the handball. I mean, sure. it was definitely an accident, but it was a clear-cut handball. I honestly didn't even see it happen, so I was kind of shocked when we got a penalty. So kind of just from there, like my heart dropped. Luke grabbed the ball, put it on the spot, and then it was over from there. So, And then after that, you guys ring the bell. And what is that moment? Because everybody talks about it, and then last spring you get to see eight teams overall at Lynchburg do it. And what is it like getting to win the Ode accent and ring that bell. Yeah, no, it's a great tradition that Lynchburg brings. I'm new to it being like a transfer last year, so being able to come in and ring the bell my first year and then also coming in and doing it again my second year, it just makes it that much better just because seeing everyone kind of line up that you can run in between them to get to the bell, it's a it's a really cool experience. And then, yeah, the fact that like a majority of our teams got to do it last spring and then we had a good amount of teams hopefully this year coming up to do it again and it is just something really cool to hear the bell when, especially we were practicing a couple of nights before and it was like a late practice and I think uh, cross country was coming yep. from an away mm-hmm. and they got home late and we heard the bell. We kind of just, when you hear the bell, you know that mm-hmm. there is a championship. So it's always cool to hear. Yeah, no doubt cross country, both teams winning the ODAC title. Yeah, right as you were right. <laughs> getting ready. Uh, so now leaving the ODAC tournament, I we've talked about the offense and how explosive you all are on that end. But I think a group that may go overlooked, and there's a couple of areas that kind of get that naturally based in soccer, but y'all's back line. The 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 backs with Joey Daly, Seth Dale, and then between them, Griffin and, and Nick Foley. That felt like one of the best you know four-man lines inside the ODAC, and there's so much playing experience between those four. What did it do to make your job a little bit easier? Oh, I, I mean, that's what it did. It made my job very easy. I mean, the last couple games I had maybe – six or seven saves within like the last five games which just shows that they do almost everything for me which is I give them all the credit I mean whether I mean and they all complement each other perfectly with Joey he's like a very explosive winger up and down he connects very well with Luke and then Seth on the other hand just he always takes care of what he needs to do keeping the ball they like to pick on him because he's a little guy but he always handles himself so and then with the two center backs Foley's always the uh, the vocal one. I'm sure you guys can see that, but uh, he's a great leader. He does a lot for the team, and then Griffin's just very composed, does everything he needs to do, and then just from there, just creates a great back line. You kind of touched on it there, and we actually talked about it in the ODAC championship game. There was a stretch down towards the end of the regular season, and in ODAC's themselves, you faced five shots on goal over the last six games we had played in. Yeah, That is ridiculous. I think that just kind of adds on to what you were just talking about with those back four. And then we have to kind of lump them in in a similar category, but Bailey plays all over the place. But him, Carter Averitt, Monzi Shalene, what those guys do to possess, it felt like in a lot of games y'all ran away with this year, y'all had time of possession 90%. It felt not even close. Can you kind of talk about their importance despite them having positions that might not rack up a ton of stats, even though Bailey and Mozzie do get in the mix there? Yeah, with those three, I mean, they all three are completely different players. Mm-hmm. Like, Carter Averitt's kind of our stay-at-home guy. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't look like he yeah, ever yeah. is panicking or is ever nervous. He's just like, the ball comes to him, he's so calm, gets rid of it, does what he needs to do. And then, like, Bailey, 
I kind of I make fun of him a lot. I call him a meathead. He kind of just <laughs> likes to bash, win 50-50 balls, go everything 100% through tackles. If you don't see him going into a tackle, you know there's something wrong. So he's that kid that just loves to go and just physical contact. And then Monzi's just super explosive, loves the ball at his feet. When he has the ball at his feet, he's taking on players, dribbling, and then just the speed on the ball is just much different with him. So it just everyone complements each other perfectly in the midfield. It's amazing to hear you say all this because that's what we've been saying in the press box, and especially Carter. I think he is exactly what you would want out of holding man. He just fits yep. that profile so perfectly. So that's all fantastic, and we've already talked about the NCAA tournament, but let's talk about it from a team perspective. You all had a nice little time before then. You got there Thursday, plus Atlanta, great place to visit. Have you ever been to Atlanta before? Uh, that was, uh, other than this season, I've been there one other time, just kind of sightseeing and whatnot. Sure. but. Going in with the team is completely different. Just spending time with them. I mean, we spend a lot of time together as it is, but then just being in a different area, seeing different things, just it's always fun to be hanging out with the guys. So Yeah, no doubt. And now talking about the program in itself, we got to talk about the man at the helm, Chris Yeager. Wins co-coach of the year this year, another one of the many accolades he's racked up. What is he like playing for as a player, and then what is, what is he like as a coach in general? Oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome playing for him. The whole coaching staff's awesome, but Yeggs is just, during practice, he's going to expect the most from you, push you, push you, and then off the field, he's a great man as well. Like, mm-hmm. easiest guy to talk to. He's always there. But, yeah, when it comes to game time, he's going to be on you and expect the most out of you. So And that explains why the program's always so successful because he does get the most out of the players. And then the last couple things I'll ask you is, you guys get to the NCAA tournament. That's such a nice resume pattern there for the program overall, bragging rights in a lot of ways. What do you see on the horizon for this team moving forward? Oh, I mean, the juniors moving into seniors, and then everyone moving up, It's the future's still very bright. Yes, we're losing a lot of big pieces in the senior class, but there's nothing that can't be filled right now. And then, obviously, the coaches are doing a great job recruiting, hopefully bringing in another set of freshmen that can make an impact like this year and last year's. Mm-hmm. So just if the future's bright, they're going to move into spring, start working for the fall, and then it's just go time again. Awesome. Justin, thank you so much for your time, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That's going to bring it close to this episode of The Hive Podcast. Be sure to come back next week for a new episode. Justin Innes, I'm TJ Winger. Until next time, we are signing off.